What's up, FCA? Here we go. for us to get us started on our second ever episode of our Mississippi FCA Leadership Podcast. And we need to jump right in because uh, we got an action-packed time, a full time, and we don't wanna, uh, want this podcast to go on forever, but we do have two great messages, uh, one from Brother Bill Buckley, our state director, and then another from Coach Bill Curry, uh, no stranger to FCA, a guy that loves our ministry and has done a lot to support and help us. He's uh, in town for the Mac Clinic and has agreed so graciously to come and share some wisdom on how we as FCA staff can be better equipped to serve the coaches uh, that we minister to every day. Uh, so let's hit the ground running and we'll give the floor to Brother Bill Buckley. Thank you for joining us, man. Good morning, staff or afternoon, whichever it might be for you. It's so great to be able to talk to you via podcast for a moment. I wanted to share with you a little bit about the difference in an agenda and an encounter, if I may. I was in a coach's office a little while ago giving him a broader picture of FCA resources available to him. As I was about to leave, he told me about an attempted robbery near the school. Four individuals robbed a man and drove to the coach's school where they fled on foot. The police, of course, gave chase and caught all four. At this point in the story, the coach stopped, choking on his own words. Finally, through many tears, He said to me, these four kids were our kids, eighth graders, 13 years old. Well, we just sat there for what seemed like several minutes. And I realized that this coach was demonstrating to me the difference between an agenda and an encounter. I had helpful information, a helpful agenda to inform him about FCA's great tools. And of course, there's nothing wrong with that. But he left me with an encounter of God's great heart towards those four boys. Pastor Bill Johnson says, we owe the world an encounter. Now, I heard him say that, and I really didn't understand what he was trying to say. But as I meditated on that statement, I began to look at the way I approach people, especially coaches. And of course, there's nothing wrong with agendas but they can never replace the presence and the power 
of the Lord. Agendas are great because we believe at FCA that our agendas are good and that they can lead to encounters with the Lord for coaches and athletes. That, that's what we believe. But if we can never lead them to encounters, they may never be transformed. And that's what this short message is about, moving the needle from transactional toward transformational, moving from a presenting ministry to a discipling ministry. Pursuing God's heart and honoring his word sets us up for an encounter with him. You know, staff, the reason we love Mary Buckley and we love seeing her stand in front of us and teach us and train us is because of that word encounter. I don't guess I know anybody that understands encounters with the Lord like she does. I'm thinking of Mary Magdalene who in John 20 had an encounter with the risen Jesus Christ. I think of Paul who was Saul at the time on the road to Damascus and encountered the Lord in a powerful and beautiful way. Those are some major ways to encounter the Lord, but there are many, many smaller ones, not less significant. We cannot control encounters with God, but we can be alert and ready to host Jesus well when he manifests, when he shows himself in real ways in our lives. I love what the word says about David in Acts 13, 22 and following. After removing Saul, God raised up David to be king. For God said to him, I have found in David, son of Jesse, a man who always pursues my heart and will accomplish all that I have destined for him to do. And then verse 48 of 13, when the non-Jewish people in the crowd heard these words, they were thrilled and they honored the word of the Lord. All who believed that they were destined to experience eternal life received the message. And God's word spread like wildfire throughout the entire region. I, th I just think that's beautiful. From one man's encounter years before, David, who the word said, pursues the heart of the Father above everything else, gave real encounters to people even after his death. Praying for you today and always that your hearts will be so toward the Lord in your pursuit of him that Yes, we will carry the great FCA agendas and resources and all that we have, 
uh, to coaches and athletes. But in it all, we'll remember that the most important thing we can be doing is seeking the Lord for genuine, real, real-time encounters with Him. God bless you. Guys, I'm sitting here with uh, Coach Bill Curry, who is a very familiar face to our ministry. A lot of you have, uh, have heard him share, whether at the, the state banquet or at, uh, at, at a local banquet, we've had him. He, so he's, a, he's a, a friend of our ministry, and what we've gotten to know for, through him is just how genuine he is. And so, Coach, we're thankful that you would join us. And uh, our heart as a ministry has always been to love uh, coaches and minister to and through them. And so we value your experience as a coach and just a man of God. And so our heart would be for you to just share a little wisdom uh, with us. And so I, I don't know if you've got any words to, to say right off the bat before we get uh, into the questions. We thank you, though, for joining us. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to start out and thank you for the wonderful introduction. Uh, I wish I deserved it, but I'm not going to change your mind. You've said nice things. We, we, we have a mutual admiration society, and I, and I appreciate the kind words. But um, my first inclination would be to remind everybody that, um, that there's a, I have a military background. I did not serve, but there's a long story. I had an awful lot of military training. My father was an officer in the infantry in World War II when I was growing up. And an officer is responsible for his own morale. So what I would say to you, uh, my very first thing is, don't allow yourself to get discouraged. If you, if you need more than an hour a day in devotions, if you need more fellowship, if you need more mentoring, go get it because you are the product. They see Jesus through you or they don't see him at all in many cases. So it's for us to keep ourselves up, uh, and, and God will give you the assistance every time. It's, it's amazing days that you think you're going to start out blue. And one of my uh, flaws in my life is that uh, I can wake up in the morning and get down in the dumps about what's going on in the world or what's happening in our country or what's happening um, in uh, some situation in a, in a cave in Thailand. I get all... We all get worked up about those kinds of things, and when we allow that to dominate us, then we can't be as effective as we should be. And God will give you the impetus to get going and to get up and to be smiling and to be cheerful and to be upbeat and not get discouraged um, if you just allow Him to do it. Mm, thank you. That's great. Um, our One of our mottos or uh, one of our... Uh, claims to fame is that we know that a coach is so influential and Billy Graham said a coach will influence more people in, in a year than some in a lifetime and uh, and we know that to be true but I also seen from the FCA side and from a coaching side that uh, the FCA staff are there to coach the coach and so we have a, a an audience here of people that I think are some of the most influential people in the, in the entire world who've given their life to serve the Lord in full-time ministry, to love, to take the word to our school campuses and love some of the most influential and sometimes most hard-headed of us because uh, a lot of us have been coaches and we've uh, been in that seat. So I thank you for, thank you for that. Uh, my first question would be is how do you see uh, an FCA staff 
really being able to serve a coach. You've been a coach, uh, now you and you've and now you're in do ministry. You're you're speaking all the time, but you but you've got a heart of a coach. And so, how do you see us as an FCA staff being able to serve the coaching world most effectively? Well, first of all, it's really easy to swoop in and make a speech and go home <laughs> and quote some scripture. And I have the privilege of doing that. And I'm not minimizing it. I'm I ask God to give me the capacity to be effective and to be helpful. But the, the, the gut check work is what you folks do. Every day, you're walking into a situation. You've gotta be up, you've gotta be upbeat, and you've gotta be prepared. And um, so, uh, easy answer to that question uh, is that you got one of the hardest jobs in the world. That's an easy answer. But the more complex reality is that the only way to understand what a coach is going through is to build a relationship so that she or he trusts you. And that takes time. And that takes an awful lot of keeping our mouth shut and doing an awful lot of listening. As much as you can get that coach to talk to you, the more you can get the coach to talk to you, the better you're gonna be able to understand the situation. There are plenty, I've got, I've got good friends in the coaching profession Heck, I'm one of them that got burned badly by chaplain-type people. And one of them was an FCA employee. I mean, when I say badly burned, I mean really bad. Uh, the person turned out to be uh, just uh, unspeakable and ended up in prison. Uh, well, I had gone around and touted this person as our chaplain. And, um, and he was a minister of the gospel, and he was brilliant. But so, so coaches more than you might suspect, have been through things like that. And so it's, it takes showing up a lot mm -hmm. just to earn the initial trust so that they will confide in you. And when they do, learning to listen and not always having to come back with an answer and just pondering and just being a friend. Uh, so I think building that relationship is what I'm trying to say and trying to understand the background of the coach and what has he or she been through that forms their... Uh, frame of references, they try to decide whether they're going to let you be a part of their program. Right, right. Uh, Coach Les Steckel, uh, uh, we marked his last words as an FCA president, um, was the future of FCA is built on relationships. And that's what we want to be about. And, uh, and so I see our ministry as an organization, an entire organization moving that way and freeing up uh, opportunities for FCA staff to do what God's called them to do, and that's be ministers and creating relationships and, and loving on them. Um, so out of that, uh, a lot of times FCA staff can feel the pressure of, of coming in and having to say all of our, our stuff. Um, here we got this camp, or we got this opportunity for you to come. Um, how can we make sure that our FCA agendas and the things that we're trying to say are well-received, uh, but never bigger than the coach's needs? Well, I, I, I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but I go back to the same thing I said a few minutes ago. Um, I had an experience at Georgia State University, my last coaching job, uh, 10 years ago. And uh, a guy started showing up at practice, and his name was Dexter Davis. He was an FCA guy. His wife ran the local office of the, of the FCA. And uh, he came to see me. We sat down. He, he was a, a former, he was a great player. Um, that's neither here nor there. But 
He had played at Clemson, then he had played in the NFL a long time, and totally committed. I was impressed with him, but I was leery because of my past experiences. And I had made every chaplain, everywhere I've ever been, I've made those people walk the line to, for a long time before they could be a part of our program. And so I, I just told Dexter the truth. Look, I, I think you're probably a good man, but right now I don't know if I can trust you or not. So I'm going to need you to show up and show me that this is serious. I, he came to practice every day for a year <laughs> wow. and just stood. And all he did was walk by and say hello. He'd come to my office periodically. And if we felt, if I felt like us praying together, we did. But if not, I, we didn't. Um, and in time, um, through God's hand on him, he completely won me over. And he conducted all our chapel services for the last three years. And he, it was a wonderful thing. But my point is he earned it. Mm-hmm. And, he earned, and it took him forever mm-hmm. to win my approval. Yeah, I think that's so important. We can't uh, – uh, there's a lot of people coming to, to coaches, a lot of people in the lives of them. And so I've, I've learned and our, and our staff knows uh, that one of the biggest things we can do is just be available. And so I, I hope that uh, that's such a good word. So thank you uh, for that. Um, let, let me just say one other thing. We don't get in this business to be promoted mm-hmm. or to go big time. And Dexter was not looking to go big time, but the Atlanta Falcons came and grabbed him. And they really, some of the some of those folks found out what a great job he was doing. So he's now the chaplain of the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, wow. But it happened because God put him in the right place, and he was humble and uh, did his work diligently without any without any fanfare at all. Mm-hmm. Wow. <clears throat> well, thank you for that. Um, and then just along that. Uh, what would you say some of the, the biggest needs uh, of the coaching world are? Uh, just kind of uh, whether it's, I mean, we all know that coaching is a long hour profession. And so there's strain in marriages, there's strain on uh, families, things like that. Is there anything else that you would say uh, that may be not spoken, but you feel as the weight of a coach, you, you're uh, walking through some of those struggles and you would appreciate as an FCA staff person comes in to be equipped and ready to love on you uh, in those ways. Yeah, I, 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 again, I'm sitting here reviewing my experience, and I wish some chaplain that I trusted, and I had I had some that I really trusted, had sat me down and said, now, Bill, you need to go home. You're over here 100 hours a week. You think you're being a hero. You're not. It's not fair to your family. I wish somebody had told me that. They didn't. Uh, I thought I was uh, doing what I was supposed to, and I was wrong. So there are a lot of coaches that are dealing with guilt because they're at the office and on, at the field. I mean, gosh, they got to line off the field. They got to do the locker room. They got to do the equipment. They got to buy the equipment. They got to get lined up with the the band. The band wants to practice on the football field, and you want a sprinkler. All that kind of stuff is just constant. My high school coach told us one time that he, he figured his hourly wages from the previous year, now this was back in the 50s, but he had made 37 cents an wow. hour wow. working with us. And uh, at the time, we weren't mature enough to appreciate it, but I appreciate it now. Mm-hmm. So those coaches that have those kinds of stresses and there are probably a lot of them that are feeling guilty about not spending as much time as they should with their with their own family. The other thing is, frankly, the lifestyle that's out there in the streets. Um, I had a wonderful young man who had been president of the student body. He had fallen into a drug habit. 
Uh, I called him in. We had caught him several times with our testing systems. And I said, how could somebody from a little bitty town in the South where you grew up be using this hard stuff? I mean, mm-hmm. you, you get cocaine stuff. He said, Coach, don't be naive. I can get anything I want on the corner in any little town in this state. And it's a state not far from here. So, I mean, it's you have to just be alert to those things and watch for behavioral changes. Uh, help the coach that's uh, sort of overwhelmed by all that. And we have a very real situation now is, did you put your hands on this young lady in an improper way? Did you say something to her that you shouldn't have? Mm-hmm. I mean, in, a, in an offhand remark, you can, you can end your career by thinking you're complimenting a young lady. So you gotta be so careful about your rhetoric. If you're doing, uh, if you're doing um, social media, you got to understand that and do only very responsible things that you put out in Twitters and teach your players, teach your coaches how to teach the players. And um, I, I started this terrible rap lyrics. I asked one guy, I said, that language is so terrible. He said, well, coach, it's just rap. I said, well, it's still bad words. He said, yeah, but it doesn't matter, it doesn't count. I said, yes, it does, it does. I said, I tell you, why don't we do Christian rap? He said, oh, that's what my grandmother said to me. I said, well, I tell you what, we're going to do what grandmother said. And we're gonna do, I want you to come back and give me some Christian rap. Just thinking of little things like that that might get their attention and keep them from destroying their lives. Because the other thing that, that happens with the student athletes, you tweet something out your junior year in high school, some ridiculous, terrible thing, you go looking for a job at IBM 25 years from now. They say, did you say that? Right. Uh, yeah. And you don't get hired. I mean, we're in an entirely different dimension of communications now. So there's a lot there to, to uh, make yourself aware of and just know what's going on in the program so that if you get a chance to advise, you can do it with some wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being culturally savvy, it's, uh, it's a, it is a different world, and there's a lot of coaches just like there there is, I'm sure, across the country. Uh, Mississippi's, I mean, there's coaches that are in their 30th year coaching, and, and cultures change completely on them. So, uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's a great a great word. So the last question I would have is is our heart uh, is to grow them in their faith and help them grow close, uh, closer to the Lord. So what are some maybe best practices or, or key points that you would leave with us? Uh, and just helping a coach that is, that is overworked, that is stressed out, that in the middle of season may or may not be sleeping, may or may not be on uh, any kind of rest. How, how can we help them uh, grow in their faith? We, uh, we don't want it to be uh, about FCA numbers. We don't want it to be about uh, us, we want to go into them. We want to love and, and be available for them. Uh, what what would you leave us with in helping a coach grow in their walk with the Lord? When you walk in the school, don't ever go there unless you are completely loaded with quiet time of your own. If you are serious about this job, and I know all, all, all you folks are, then you're gonna spend at least an hour a day 
in devotions, in prayer, in the scripture, and other helpful information, other stuff for the American Football Coaches Association from FCA National, all the helpful things so that you walk in with an arsenal of wonderful faith material so that Jesus Christ is obvious in your presence when you walk in. And we're so imperfect that that's really easy to talk about and really hard to do. But if, you, if you're willing to spend the hours, God will speak to you in a way. And the coach will be able to tell. And in time, the coaches will relax and trust you. And then you can really help. Mm. Mm. Well, thank you. Uh, be available. Develop relationships. Uh, and that, what you're talking about, just letting who you are. Uh, our first our first task is to love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and then I think the rest of our ministry will come from that. Our it world. will. Yeah. That's a promise. Mm. You do that, and then the sec that's the first and the greatest commandment, and the second one's just like the first. Mm. Love your neighbor as yourself, and that's what you're doing. Mm. That's what that's what your ministry is. That's what your life is, mm. and it's a wonderful ministry. And uh, I really I really encourage everybody to just. Uh, let God guide you. He will never let you down. We're going to let him down. We do it all the time, every one of us, but he never lets us down if we allow him to work with us. Thank you, Coach. Uh, we could go on about your bio and your accomplishments and who you played with and where you coached, but what strikes me most is just your heart for the Lord and uh, your heart for your family. I got to know that as we spent a couple days together. And so we thank you for a few minutes and I know you'll be a huge blessing to our staff. Thank you. That's great wisdom from a lifetime of coaching. Coach, we thank you. Uh, Brother Bill, we thank you. And there you have it. That's the wrap of our second um, episode of Mississippi's FCA Leadership Podcast. We uh, ask you again for your feedback. Let us know how we can best serve you and your ministry. Uh, our heart is to give you the most practical, uh, helpful wisdom and leadership that we can find from ministry leaders across our state, uh, across uh, our ministry, anywhere we can find that we'll have people pouring into us to help better equip us uh, to do the work God's called us to. And I'll leave you with this quote. Uh, Quaker author Parker Palmer said, a leader is a person who must take special responsibility for what's going on inside of him or herself. Lest the act of leadership create more harm than good. We love you. See you, folks. Trusting in what you